Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Abdel-Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. When a company spends $200,000 on an election, it's a lot of money. So when it's a small town like Benicia with only 20,000 voters, it's a hell of a lot of money. In Benicia, the oil refinery company Valero spent money in last year's election to get two candidates on the city council and to unseat another. And a lot of people weren't happy with how that money was spent. The smear campaign, the negative advertising with absolutely no basis in fact. We were just on NPR the other day, and I don't think we need to be on NPR for negativity. You raise your hand if you've gotten a lot of negative stuff on the candidate. So you can see I'm not alone. Thank you. This week, Benicia's new city council is considering whether there should be limits or at least more transparency about the corporate influence on its local government. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to The Bay. Valero's been in Benicia for years. Ted Goldberg is KQED's morning editor, and he's been reporting on oil refineries in the Bay Area for a while, including this one at the Valero refinery back in May of 2017. The incident sent flaring into the sky, and 12 people ended up going to the hospital. Flaring at the Valero refinery in Benicia is sending plumes of thick black smoke and toxins into the air. After that, Mayor Elizabeth Patterson said that we need to have more control over what information comes out from the refinery. If we want to be serious about being safe and we want to be serious about knowing what's going on, what's in our air, possibly what's in our water, we need to have the resources to participate. She introduced legislation called an industrial safety ordinance. It's similar to rules that they have for the four big refineries in Contra Costa County that would basically, in her words, give the city of Benicia a seat at the table that would get to know information about a problem or about air monitoring that the city would also get to know that information as well. So I remember the last time we talked to you in June about this story the city council was going to vote on this ordinance. How did the city council ultimately vote? Well, they put it off. They said, you know what, let's see how Valero, which, uh, by the way, uh, you know, had sort of come forward and said, okay, well, you know, we can be a little bit more cooperative. We want to have a positive relationship. We know that what happened before pushed us to two different sides. Give us some time. Within all of that, there was an election in November. Here's a look at the results from the biggest races from around the Bay and across the country. How does Valero get involved in the November election? 
So uh, Valero and a number of unions that represent their workers created a political action committee that raised about $200,000. And that PAC supported two candidates, Lionel Largespada. Since day one, we've been talking about finding solutions to rising water and sewer costs, expanding road repair, economic development, and public safety and Christina Strawbridge. I've served on the Benicia State Parks Association, the Benicia Main Street Board, and the Benicia Old Town Theater Group. Strawbridge was actually a former member of the city council. She has a business downtown. Um, Lorna Largesplata actually works for a company that's done some business for Valero and a number of other refineries. Valero's super PAC was also campaigning against one candidate, Carrie Birdseye. Carrie Birdseye is an environmentalist. She's done media relations for a number of famous environmental groups. She was supported by Mayor Elizabeth Patterson. She was for the Industrial Safety Ordinance. And on top of that, when Valero wanted to create a uh, crude-by-rail system at their Benicia refinery, she was one of the number of planning commissioners who voted against it. So Valero and its, and its unions saw her as an enemy and basically a yes man for the mayor. And they promoted the two candidates that they liked and they went after Birdseye. And one could make the argument that it worked. Let's administer the oath of office. And if we could have our two council um, member elect. Largest spada. And Strawbridge, they won the election. Bird's Eye is not on the city council right now. According to the best of my abilities. I think that there was a feeling among its supporters that the mayor and Carrie Birdseye were not just in it to place minor regulations on the refinery. There was definitely a feeling that I got from watching some of the candidate forums and city council meetings where workers would come up and in interviews with me basically say, we believe that Birdseye and Patterson want Valero to leave town, that they don't want this refinery here. They're not going to change their minds. They already have their agendas. They want to shut down refineries. They want to get rid of jobs. We have to stand up for industrial jobs here in Venetia and every other place in California. We have very special interests. It's the workers and our members. Valero is one of the city's largest employers. There are businesses in the industrial park that rely on it. This is a huge infusion of tax revenue that the city gets. If Valero leaves town, that's going to be an economic impact to the city that's pretty severe. I don't know who to pay the taxes in this town. Who's going to do it? Is it going to be the small business owners? They don't want to pay higher taxes. The tax revenue comes from business in this town, and you don't want to chase that off. So do we know how the spending by Valero impacted the elections? Like what ways was that money spent? So they spent it on campaign literature and on polls, on Facebook ads. They describe Birdseye as a job killer, as a yes man for the mayor, who they also view as an opponent. Every time you turn on the Internet, you see a negative ad with nothing to back it up. Just total mudslinging has made me very ashamed. What happened in the weeks before the election was the city wanted the State Political Practices Commission to investigate the Valero PAC. They said that there was a poll that took place in the months and weeks before the election where you would think if you were listening on the phone, a company is just calling me, wondering to know what I think about the Benicia City Council candidates. But in the middle of it, it seemed to indicate that the pollsters were giving negative information about Carrie Birdseye, the environmentalist, and positive information about the candidates that Valero backed. 
Benicia said, hey, wait a second. You need to hand us the list of the questions from the poll and you need to tell voters during the poll who is asking the questions. Valero said during a poll, we don't have to tell anybody who's where the poll is coming from. And we eventually did tell you that it is coming from us. And we uh, didn't break any of your laws. And if you move forward more aggressively, then we may consider filing legal actions against you because we have a First Amendment right to do this kind of campaigning. The city of Benicia eventually filed a complaint with the California Fair Political Practices Commission against the Valero refinery because of those phone calls they made during the election. But that state commission decided not to investigate because they didn't think that there was enough evidence that Valero did anything wrong. The two candidates who were supported by the PAC's money What did they say about the support that they were getting financially from Valero? I got the impression that they were slightly uncomfortable about the situation because they didn't want to be painted as, you know, yes men for the oil industry. Um, They never really said anything extremely critical of Carrie Birdseye. Each of them did send back some uh, campaign contribution money from the same organizations that help fund the PAC. And I think they both had to sort of toe the middle line to make sure they weren't upsetting people on both sides. And as much as that may have been an uncomfortable situation to be placed in, it, you know, it worked. They both won. So the city council is now considering this week whether it's going to change its, uh, I guess, campaign finance laws. At Tuesday's meeting, they're just looking to tweak some of their campaign laws to maybe give more disclosure about what takes place in during polls. But even in the agenda item, it indicates that there may be there would be an ad hoc committee or another commission that would take this up. I expect this is the kind of thing that will take a while before it actually becomes law. And I should point out that uh, a lo- the political law council for Valero is aware that all of this is taking place. And I'm just going to read a statement and you guys can decide what you want to do with it. But he wrote, should the city decide to review its local ordinances, Valero looks forward to participating in the discussion. Benicia's voters rejected the city's unfortunate attempt to meddle in the last election. Any changes in local law should address the misuse of city resources that occurred in November in order to avoid repeated abuses in future elections. I think what he's getting at there is a request that the state investigate the PAC um, and also some of the comments that some of the members of the city council made beforehand that were critical of Valero. So do we know how the spending by Valero impacted the elections? I can't say for sure that Valero PAC's work changed the election, but I can certainly say that their work increased a divide that we talked about at the beginning of this conversation. After this, if we go into hatred and ugliness, there's going to be walls and we don't all like walls. In Benicia, there was no middle ground. Either you were for the refinery or you were against the refinery. What do you think that says about the Bay Area itself, the fact that we don't normally give attention to cities like Benicia, but now we are because this issue has driven this kind of divide? I think that there was a lot of juicy things there um, that require a really interesting story and provide, you know, clear indications of the kind of power that political action committees and industries can have on the election process. I'll also say this. I did speak to Laurie Levinson, who is a a longtime election law expert and who follows money and politics. And she said that um, other companies may look at what happened in Benicia and say, you know what? We may not have as much influence when it comes to big elections, but when it comes to these smaller elections, we can really have some impact. 20,000 voters, $200,000 is going to go a longer way into impacting, you know, a smaller community than, you know, if we were up against forces that would also sort of donate large amounts of money. I also think this speaks to this idea that large corporations getting involved in local politics, whether that means people from large corporations actually getting elected onto city councils 
or just large infusions of cash, changing local election turnouts. And these are city councils that make the decisions about how much we pay for parking or where what we can and cannot build. There's a lot of attention being paid to what's happening at the local level. It's interesting. What that makes me think of is at the end of every single interview that I did with all of the city council candidates, I said, hey, I'm asking you about Valero. But I imagine that there are a number of other issues that day-to-day Benetians really care more about. And that's when they got animated. That's when you can hear about, hey, you know what? The water bills in Benicia have been skyrocketing lately. We need to do something about that. Or the potholes on the streets are a major problem. You know, while I do mention that this sort of did create dividing lines in the city of Benicia, everyday issues, you know, seem to be much more important, not just to the candidates, but to the voters as well. The Benicia City Council on Tuesday is going to be discussing what, if anything, they might like to see changed of their campaign ordinances. This includes rules around disclosing who's behind polling and large-sum campaign donations. Ted Goldberg is KQED's morning editor. To see more of his reporting, you can visit kqed.org. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it for The Bay. We'll talk to you Wednesday. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.